The May Queen, produced by Reverie Theatre Company, is a fun, dark and surprising office comedy. It follows five small-town characters who work in the local insurance agency and whose lives remain interconnected because of their shared high school past. For Jen Nash, being crowned the May Queen of her high school was a trauma from which she never recovered, and she disappeared from her hometown shortly after. The gossip mill kicks into high gear when she returns home under mysterious circumstances, seeming a husk of her former self. Everyone has a theory about where she's been. She hides out in her parents' house and takes a temp job at an insurance agency with her new co-workers, the Zumba-addicted Gail and bookish nerd Dave. And when Jen finds her former high school flame Mike is the star salesman at the insurance company, she won't be able to keep her secrets for long. This hilarious and touching play that's The Office Meets Mean Girls is being staged at Level 117 Studios Narang from June 9th to 17th. You can book tickets on the Reverie Theatre Company's Facebook or Instagram page. Click the links in the body of this podcast. This is a Drama Merchant audio production. The Drama Merchant offers you the Radio Play Hour. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Radio Play Hour, a unique audio experience as we revive classic radio dramas, feature new works, workshop ideas, and indulge in some good old-fashioned audio storytelling. I'm the drama merchant, your host, and in this episode, I'm thrilled to present Stellar Vengeance by Frank Freeman, a story from my collection, Astounding Stories, Volume 1. By accident, Granger saw the alien land, so with scientific curiosity he captured one of them. This incident made Earth the scene of a bizarre scenario. Join me, Nathan Schultz, as I narrate Frank Freeman's short story, Stellar Vengeance. You must realise, squealed the squat, ugly creature in the hastily constructed wooden cage, that you're inviting certain destruction by holding me prisoner. I warn you, your time is short. Walt Granger stomped over to the enclosure and swung a heavy boot against the one of the two-by-fours that stood like a crooked row of centuries. That's my worry, he grunted. He had stumbled upon the whole business just two hours before, right in the middle of his part of the geologic survey that was going on in the rock-strewn hills and gullies known on the maps as Millsport Range. He had seen the ship the moment it left the ground, and a few yards from the burned circle of grass that was still smouldering from the rocket blast, there sat the fat little specimen of life from another world. Granger had caught the thing by surprise and had a rope around its middle before it could scamper off into the brush. My comrades will return for me, warned the thing, its yellowish eyes slowly and rhythmatically protruding and withdrawing from their sockets. They'll have no trouble finding you when they do. Shut up, snapped Granger, pulling on his leather jacket. He turned to the cement fireplace and gave the embers a poke with a charred stick, looking around at the cage every few seconds as though he feared leaving his back turned for more than an instant. He looked at his watch, eight o'clock, and the night was fast spreading a blanket of charcoal shadows over the hillsides. 
He'd wait till morning to move this crazy beast to the next camp six miles away. A night trip might entail chances he wasn't willing to take. After a couple of nervous fumbles with a match, he lit a cigarette and glanced uneasily out the one window in the rough cabin. What if the alien, or whatever it was, wasn't kidding about the danger he was in? What if his buddies did decide to come back before morning, with the extermination of a human on their minds? Think of it, Granger, he told himself curtly. You'd be a hero. A nice, cold, dead one, but they'd never find the bunch who'd knocked him off. He'd be one of those mysterious deaths the papers played up. Free me immediately, screeched the angry captive, his head swaying like a balloon on a stick. You haven't much time left. You're a nasty little tempered imp, aren't you? growled Granger as he strode across the room and peeked curiously inside the crate. I loathe you, growled the thing. I have no intention of deceiving you. This whole situation is simply a matter of pure logic, so far as your plight is concerned. You're forgetting, said Granger, his voice lacking a certain amount in its previous confidence, that you're the one who's in this mess. Only temporarily, you fool, raved the creature, jumping frantically up and down. Look, he screamed, pointing a tiny hand towards the window over Granger's left shoulder. The geologist gasped as he shot a quick glance in the direction of the thing's outstretched arm. A pale green light had turned the surrounding land and sky into an eerie dawn that extended its weird phosphorescence into the cabin itself. And 200 yards from the cabin, in a small area relatively clear of major obstructions, was the same ship he had seen hours before. They're here, shouted the alien. Let me out! Granger slammed shut the door and lifted a massive oak bar into the iron brackets on either side. Then he was at the window again. A hatch near the bottom of the craft was open, but there was no sign of movement. Join the lively art scene on the Gold Coast and contribute your time to local community theatres. Volunteering is a crucial part of any thriving theatre community. And it's also an excellent opportunity to gain arts-related experience while giving back to your community. Spotlight Theatre in Benoa and Gold Coast Little Theatre in Southport are now offering opportunities for front-of-house and behind-the-scenes work for individuals living in the area. Whether you're skilled with a hammer, love customer service, or interested in stage lighting or costume design, Spotlight Theatre and Gold Coast Little Theatre are looking for passionate individuals to join their team. Contact information can be found at www.goldcoasttheatre.com.au or click the links provided in this podcast. Let's collaborate and volunteer to help the thriving cultural scene on the Gold Coast. Now, back to our story. Then he saw one of them, an exact duplicate of his captive, running from bush to bush about 50 feet from the ship. A few steps behind him was another one. Two more scrambled over by an immense boulder and scurried into the brush. Another five were emerging like a patrol of midgets from the ravine to the north of the cabin. Be sensible, you idiot, snarled the thing in the crate. I'm giving you this final chance. Unlock this contrivance and all will be good for you. I'll speak on your behalf. So you can lead your buddies right back here? 
Sure, said Granger. That's all I'd have to do to finish myself off in a real hurry. Do as I say, yelled the alien. For your own sake. I know I was crazy to fool with you in the first place, but now that you're here and they're outside, you're staying, see? He reached under the lumpy pile of cotton that served as a mattress and pulled out his 30-30 rifle. Little Boy Blue in his pop gun, he thought. He grabbed a handful of cartridges from a box under the bed and then began jamming them into the magazine. That will be of no use, my friend, droned a hollow voice behind him. Granger spun himself around just as a pane of glass in the window flew to pieces under the impact of a short, shiny gun barrel. A perfect reproduction of the face of the creature in the cage centered itself in the jagged frame of the broken window and gave him the shadow of a smile that was closer to a victorious leer. Put down your weapon. The newcomer ordered coldly. I repeat, said the face at the window. Lower your weapon. They'll let you have it anyway, Granger thought grimly. He slowly curled his finger around the trigger and started to move when he was jarred off his feet by a roaring blast ripped the door from its hinges and sent it crashing against the rear wall of the cabin. Outside the ruined entrance stood a group of aliens, all armed. Fearfully, he looked to the window, but their leader was gone. In a second he appeared at the door, moved inside the cabin, and Granger automatically stepped back, his hazy mind calculating roughly the few feet of escape route remaining to him. In a moment, he was there, his back flattened against the cabin wall. The short creature kept coming on, its murky orbs fixed on Granger's white-drawn countenance. Then it stopped its advance. So you have one of our people, it said. Granger tried once in vain for his voice, then gave up. He stared over the head of his foe at the silent assembly outside the cabin, then at the thing in the packing crate. It was sitting there, quiet, immobile but intently watching the scene between the Earthman and his visitor. You are holding one of us captive, the commander remarked. That is a most unfortunate situation indeed. The small figure stepped aside quickly and waved an arm. Granger, perspiration trickling down his face, watched a score of glistening weapons raised and pointed inside the cabin. For a second, he looked directly at the menacing horde. A blazing flash of white light burst forth from the doorway and it was all over. Granger forced open his aching eyes and squinted in the direction of the fiery blast, but the doorway was empty. The commander was still there though, walking slowly to the door. Suddenly, he turned his gaze to the cage, but he saw nothing that resembled the rebuilt packing crate, only a mound of ashes and twisted spikes. In the center of the heap, like a fat dwarfish king astride his fallen kingdom, was the charred, blackened shell of the grotesque creature that had once occupied the wooden cell. Then he moved cautiously towards the door and stared, speechless, at the leader of the expedition. We shall depart now, said the being. Thank you for helping us. Not much later, Across the silent reaches of space, a communications operator on another planet looked up from his receiving equipment and handed his superior a message just transmitted from a ship, leaving the planet Earth. It said, Return mission successful. 
deserter located, and executed. You have just heard Stellar Vengeance by Frank Freeman, narrated and edited by Nathan Schultz, with music by Kevin McLeod and sound effects by Nathan Schultz. If you enjoyed this production and want to explore more astounding stories, head over to the Drama Merchant website. You can pay what you think is fair for the next 30 days or become a member for $7.99 per month, unlocking access to individual stories and playlists. Your contributions help us produce future audio productions. Additionally, we would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave a review on the Drama Merchant Facebook page or on the post featuring this episode. All constructive feedback is appreciated. Don't forget to subscribe to the Drama Merchant for free and receive emails, access to blogs and updates on future radio plays and audio stories. Goodbye for now. This was a Drama Merchant audio production.